No, you didn't. You didn't. Aren't you supposed to ding? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were counting things in the in the dock. <laughs> in the, the the dock, the notes dock. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Let's try that again. One, two, three. Ding. I have a very exciting uh, drink to tell you about tonight. Was that it? What was that? Did we just start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. All right. So I have a I have a very exciting drink to tell you about tonight. I think it's actually probably not very exciting at all, but it brings back some memories that uh, I think are fond for you as well as for me. Um, it is a. <laughs> I, I tried to remember how to say this before, so I didn't have to. Uh... So I don't have to struggle through this, uh, but it's German. It's a Warsteiner Dunkel. Dunkel. I thought maybe you were going to say something else. It is a Dunkel. So um, it's pretty good. Sandra got it for me uh, a while ago. But yeah, it's a product of Germany. Um, it is no polliner, but it is a Dunkel nonetheless, and it's uh, it's pretty delicious. I, for some reason, thought you were going to talk about Amber Bach, oh. uh, which I had recently and I wasn't bowling. How was it? It was just as good as I remember. I don't know why I haven't had it since like college or the last time we pulled. So I don't I don't know, but it was really good. I'm gonna have to buy it more. Maybe I'll go. Buy, no, I can't buy some tomorrow. What were you doing? Why were you drinking Amberbach? They still have Amberbach on tap at Canterbury. Oh, you're at Canterbury. Yeah. Nice. On the subject of Sunday liquor sales. Em and I went to the liquor store this morning. Yes. Uh, we bought six bottles of champagne and Prosecco that she can't drink. And a <laughs> bottle of um, alcohol-free champagne that apparently works fine in mimosas. But anyway, my point was, they already have the Sunday hours up on the window at the Eden Prairie Liquor Store. It's just covered. When did the sales start for that? When did they or when do they? When do they? I think they start July 1st. Okay, so that's why they have it up. What were you... I have so many I have so many questions. <laughs> but yeah, ne- I guess next Sunday. I bet I'm going to have to go to the liquor store on Sunday just because. <laughs> just like everybody else. Maybe I'll get some Amberbach. So what is all the champagne for, first yeah, of all? It wasn't for us. I'm going to have to go to a shower. Oh, okay. All right, so that was easy. So why were you in Eden Prairie? Um, because we were going to try to go to breakfast, but it was too busy. So we went to breakfast somewhere else and then I needed to go make a purchase. Original pancake factory. Original pancake house. House. Yeah. Original pancake it was a house. 30 minute wait, but we waited too long. Ah, so it was, uh, we couldn't stay. And then I needed to go to Best Buy. Oh yeah. Is, is that an announcement for later in the show or? Sure. Okay. So, uh, I got my Powerade mix. Which I think we need a name for at this point. That's a good idea. What uh... <laughs> Mexican terrorist is already taken. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so is the Y Combinator. Do you have any? Neither uh... one of those things would make sense here. Do you have any thoughts? I guess something to do with orange, maybe. I've actually started mixing up the flavors. This one is orange, but I've I've started to mix up the flavors a little bit. I also have a Jones. Cane sugar soda, cream soda. That's pretty good. Do you like cream soda? I do. 
This is a, uh, I don't know. I just sort of saw it. I was looking for different kinds of sodas. This is a little four pack that I bought. It's clear. Comes in a little glass bottle with a twist off top. It's pretty good. It's cane, it's, uh, it's obviously cane sugar. It's, uh, a little bit slightly different taste than like your normal A&W. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you is, so do you like A&W cream soda? I don't discriminate on cream sodas. Okay. Uh, I generally like cream soda. I really like cream soda with ice cream in it. Um, so I'll, I'll pretty much drink a cream soda, but when you go to look for, like, your non-standard sodas at the store, you, there's a lot of different kinds of cream soda, and black cherry soda, and uh, orange and grape soda. That's what I've been going towards lately. I can get behind black cherry soda. I, I just, I, I probably need to give cream soda another chance. When I was a kid, I just, I hated it. Probably because it was in A&W, so I expected it to taste like root beer. And it didn't at all. Uh, no. So I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give cream soda another chance. Maybe I'll try the Jones cane sugar cream soda. Yeah, uh, it's not the best one that I've tried recently, though. Um, but I, I can't remember which one that was, so I can't find it again. But I would enough. definitely say the Jones cream soda is better than the Jones orange soda. Fair enough. That's all for tonight, then. The uh, orange Powerade and the clear cream soda. Yes. Fair enough. So uh, moving right along to follow-up. Um, as we discussed in our last show, I already had the Magic Keyboard, too. <laughs> um, and it's great, and I love it. Um, I actually like it so much that I'm having a problem now typing on my MacBook. Um, this was discussed, I believe... Are the keys in a different spot than you would have expected? Uh, on the keyboard or on the MacBook? On either. Are you talking They're about still the... in the same order, right? It's not a Dvorak keyboard, right? No, no, no. It's like I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem typing on it. I just don't enjoy typing on my MacBook anymore. That so like a personal problem. It is. I used to. I mean, those keys were nice. They were fine. I didn't notice any issues with them at all. I'm not really a keyboard connoisseur. Um, this was discussed on the the latest episode of ATP, and. Casey kind of took the words out of my mouth. It really is like typing on pillows now compared to typing on this keyboard. Um, like the keys wiggle around under my fingers, which I find kind of weird, which never bothered me at all before. Uh, but this, this magic keyboard too is just like all the keys are so tight on it in a good way. Um, I moved to my, my Mac and I just, it, it feels, it, it feels old. And I think Apple has a way of doing that to products is making their perfectly good, two-year-old products feel old once you use something new. Um, the home button is another example for me on my iPhone. I kind of hated the home button for like two minutes on the iPhone 7. And now going back to like a real physical home button, it just feels weird. I have not tried the new keyboard, but what I can say is on any given day, I have four different Apple keyboards on my desk. I have the 2009 keyboard that came with my iMac. I have the mid-2012 MacBook Air keyboard, the 2016 MacBook Pro keyboard, which, for all I know, could be the same thing, but I'm guessing it's not. Early early 2016, right? Uh, Probably early 2016, probably. Like pre-track bar. Pre-track pre, bar, yes. Pre-trackpad. Uh, tra- pre, yes. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, It's not a trackpad. 
You're talking about the, the touch bar? Oh, touch bar. Yeah, touch yeah. bar. Uh, yes, pre-touch bar. And my whatever original 9.5-inch Mac uh, iPad Pro keyboard. They're all, as far as I know, they're all different. But the letters are all in the same fucking spot. <laughs> so I don't even care. You just move around and you type. Like, I just feel like over the last three years, there's been such this commotion in the Apple community. And people are, like, complaining so much about the keys and the keyboards and the key travel. Like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Focus on what you're looking at on the screen. You shouldn't even notice how it types. I mean, I can understand if you're going from a mechanical keyboard or, like, a cheap Windows uh, like a PC keyboard. Like, yeah, you're going to notice a difference when you jump to a laptop, but the keys are all in the same spot. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a problem typing on my MacBook. I just, I just, and I didn't think I would be like this. Cause I, I totally agree with you that there's been way too much talk about uh, way too many, very, uh, minimal changes at the keyboard or very like minute changes that most people wouldn't notice. But when I type on these keys and when I type on those keys, it just, it feels different. I don't hate it, but I much prefer the magic keyboard to the, to the MacBook pro now. There's one keyboard that I don't like, and it's typing on the screen of the iPad, but I can still, I do still it. can't get used to that. Yeah. <laughs> There's st- the keys are still in the same spot. Exactly. Because they don't have a Dvorak keyboard. <laughs> have you ever tried that? Yeah. I used to do it at work. Um, at my job three, three jobs ago. Oh, really? Uh, and, um, I tried to explain to Dell why I was doing it and I couldn't, but I kept doing it. And now I don't remember my, I have no finger memory for that anymore. So you bought a Dvorak keyboard? No, you don't have to buy it. You just change the key mapping. It's actually pretty easy, um, on a Mac and on a a Windows computer. You just change the language, basically. Okay. See, I don't, I don't know the first thing about Dvorak other than I know what, it, like that, it is a keyboard thing. But I've never even looked at like the order of the letters. You should have started uh, listening to CGP Graysoner. I mean, that's that's how I know it, but I don't know like any of the specifics about it other than what it is. I got pretty quick at it for a while, but the problem was couldn't do it on my iOS devices. And randomly, like if I restarted my computer or something, sometimes it wouldn't remember, or I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was some scenario that happened where my computer would just switch back to the default and I'd start typing and be like, I don't know what's going on right now. (laughs) So did you switch all your devices, like whole hog? You went in for a while? You can't, you can't have two different keyboards. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Yeah. He was saying, uh, CGP Gray was saying, and maybe I was listening to an old episode of Cortex because I'm actually, I started from the beginning now and I'm working my way uh, to the current. Um, I'm also listening to the new ones as they come out. But he was saying that iOS doesn't have an on-screen Dvorak keyboard. That has to have changed by now, right? Because now they have third-party keyboards? I don't know. Maybe. How you think somebody would have developed a third-party Dvorak keyboard, and if not, you think that'd be easy enough for somebody to do? I don't know. You would hmm. think... Uh, there must be one, but maybe there's no way to, because he's not typing on the screen, so maybe there's no way to convert your smart keyboard to Dvorak. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. 
I was thinking, I was just thinking software, but yeah, there's probably no way to tell a physical keyboard that it's in the Dvorak uh, language or format or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, so moving on to, uh, to another topic, uh, backblaze. So <laughs> you've, uh, you convinced me after our, our last discussion to not continue my own backblaze, uh, trial. So I, I, I stopped using it after the trial. I never paid for my own. Um, I am still paying for my mom's computer and it, it does give me good peace of mind, but at the same time, I keep getting emails saying that the computer hasn't been connected in like a month. <laughs> so so right, now I remember uh, it was sitting <laughs> facing a wall the last time I was at the lake. Yeah, so I, I hooked it up now, but it still doesn't ever get used. So, you know, I think I'll give it a year. And if it's not really used, then I think I'll probably just put it on an external drive and keep it with me and just back it up every time I go to the lake um, and just have like. So she, she has her on site time machine in case the drive fails. And then I will have like a monthly or so backup with me at some point as like a really disaster plan. Like if the roof leaks or something and shorts everything out. I find that hard to believe that that would happen, but sure. Well, I don't want to say like house starts on fire. <laughs> I just prefer not to think about that. I like to think of like something getting flooded and wet instead. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess I still think it's a good idea for your mom for what she's using it for. But uh, she has to put the photos on a computer to back them up. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just backing up the same thing over and over again. I mean, yeah, well, there's that. And I'm so that could be one, like one, maybe one of the things that I do is like every time I go to the lake, <laughs> okay, I'm about to leave. It's Sunday. Everybody plug your phones in. <laughs> Let's download all your photos while I'm here. This is yeah. your monthly reminder to download all your photos uh, so that I can back them up off site. Well, I, so she's not, it's not phone photos, right? It's actual camera photos. Uh, well, it's more phone photos now. I mean, the, the bulk of what's backed up is probably my sister's hockey photos, which is like DSLR type photos. Um, you know, what she's taking now is probably mostly phone photos and stuff like that. It seems like you should just be using Google photos. Yeah. Don't they degrade the quality though? If you save them in high quality, they're free. If you save them in raw quality, then you then they count against your capacity. So yes, in theory, in 20 years, when quality is so good that you look back at these photos in high quality and they look like something that were taken in the 70s, maybe you'll notice it. That's character, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> All the pixelated faces 10 years from now would be like, oh yeah, that's character. No, it just looks like shit. <laughs> Yeah, I doubt they'll be pixelated. Well, no, but like the fuzzy, like the the terrible lighting that mobile phone cameras have. You know, even like now, if you take a, a picture in the dark, it's just like... Or with the front know, camera. There's Yeah, there's just like so much like uh, noise in the blacks. It's just, it's terrible, even if you look at it now. So I'm sure in 10 years we'll say, oh yeah, that was... It's like sepia tone, only shittier. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be backwards compatible. I'm not that worried about it. I mean, I'm not that worried about pictures to begin with, so. <laughs> yeah, you will be starting in uh, November. I really don't think that's true. <laughs> well, someone in your family will be. Right, no, everybody in my family is. <laughs> I just, except for me, my care for pictures might go up. It's still going to be like below a normal person's got to save everything. Yeah. 
go back and look at them. Keep them stored in boxes. Never see them again. <laughs> but, like, Google Photos is your box, right? Yeah, and they just back up automatically from my phone, so... You ever use it to, like, search things? Yes. Does it work good? Yes. Yeah, see, that's nice. See, you have, like, a box that will summon the photo that you want just by typing in a few words. Right. And it'll get better because they're looking at all my pictures of machine learning, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. They're not looking at your emails anymore, though. Right. Machine learning. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my that's my Backblaze wrap-up, and... I still think it's a good service. I just don't think it's for me after you telling me that it's not for me <laughs> and me uh, reflecting on it in the uh, 10 days that I had after that conversation. I mean, this is going to come back to bite me in the ass, I'm sure. But I just think it's for, like, they're preying on paranoid people. It really, for most people, there was like a year where it made sense or a few years where it made sense. But now with what all the companies are doing with cloud services and how much free space you have it just really I, I don't know like it doesn't seem like new people will continue going on it but they still advertise on all the podcasts I, I think it's nice if you have like a lot of data external drives like if you just have like a lot of data that you want to back up somewhere as it's like a final resort it's like a insurance policy is really you know what it is for personal usage, it doesn't seem that useful. I could see like if somebody is doing running a business or even like a personal business, it's still a business, and you know either they're creative or they have video files, they have a lot of photos for weddings and whatever. But I mean, most of those like you lose access to them right after like a month after the event anyway. The photographer doesn't keep them anymore. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Most of my stuff is just, like I said, if it's not in the cloud and I can't throw my computer in the lake and crack open a new one, I don't want it. Yeah, and I'm still, I rely very, very heavily on Dropbox. So I just pray to God that Dropbox stays reliable. And if I ever do have a disaster, that it works as advertised. And it has so far. Um, <laughs> but all my eggs are in that basket right now. I guess I do have a local time machine backup, but... Other than that, all my eggs are in the Dropbox. I think yeah. I think it works. I don't know. I guess I could check right now and see when the last time it actually synced was. Uh, it says preparing backup. So for all I know, it hasn't been working in like months. <laughs> there you go. It's just a false sense of security. And I spilled beer on my keyboard. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if you heard, but a few weeks ago... Apple had an event in San Jose. I did not hear. No? Well, I think um, given the timing of this podcast and when it's going to be edited and released, we'll probably be the first podcast to talk about WWDC and some of the announcements yeah, that probably. came out. Um, so I had a couple of takeaways from, I mean, mostly I just watched the keynote and then just listened to some reaction and, and things like that. Uh, but you have any big takeaways from the event itself? the software, the hardware, anything you want to jump into? So I had to watch it and then sort of try to catch back up because I had to jump away from it a bunch of times. My big takeaway is I don't need to get an iPad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I had 
the opposite takeaway, but as you might know, um, I was waiting for new iPad Pros to be announced to get one, specifically to get one. So I was probably going to get one regardless because I was just waiting for the new cycle to come around. And so I did get the new uh, 10.5 Pro um, 256 gig. I think that's the middle one. Um, And I actually thought the screen would look a little bit bigger compared to my old iPad than it does. But you can hardly notice the size the size difference of the screen if you hold them side by side. You can definitely notice the lack of of bezel, but it's not like it's not a huge difference in screen, which I think is fine. Um, but yeah, if you already have a nine point seven inch, I don't see any reason to upgrade. Yeah, so I bought this. When did I buy it? In uh, October, maybe. Um, the nine point five, nine point whatever iPad Pro, and I bought it with the intent of replacing it the second the new ones came out, because they were supposed to be incredible, and end-to-end screen, and whatever. Uh, And so I bought the lowest storage space one, because I was just going to lose money on it when I sold it anyway, so that I could replace it. And now, I'm annoyed, because I don't really have a reason to upgrade, other than the fact that I made a poor decision, and bought the lowest storage space. But I, I didn't see anything that makes me want to say, like, oh, this incremental change, you should run out and get it. It really just, there's nothing there. Yeah, so when you bought your Pro last year, were you expecting to upgrade to a similar Pro, or were you expecting, like, some revolution, revolutionary thing to come out, and that's what you would upgrade to? I was expecting something different enough from what it was that I would want the new one. So you- um, the 120 hertz, I-, I saw it in the store. I questioned whether I was actually looking at the new one because <laughs> I just, like, it didn't do that much for me. It's funny that you say that because um, I I clearly, unequivocally have the 10.5 inch iPad here. And there's no way to mistake it for a 9.7 inch. But when I'm scrolling, I'm I'm thinking like, did I get one that doesn't have this screen technology? Because I, I hear people talk about it. <laughs> like like it's the most revolutionary thing since Retina. And I honestly can't tell the difference. Yeah, I must be using my <laughs> iPad different than that. I mean, I was only able to use it in the store. It was only a few seconds. But it didn't jump out of the screen at me to even think that, you know, like, oh, I have to get this. It was more like, yep, still scrolls. I mean, it's an amazing device. It's It's really... It's such a huge step up from my iPad, but my iPad was the iPad 3. So I don't know how long ago that was that it came out, but a long time ago. And the speed difference is is huge, and the keyboard and the pencil and all that stuff. But I'm thinking, you know, if I would have gotten one last October, I'd be having the same reactions then as I am now. It's not necessarily this new iPad. It's the fact that I upgraded to an iPad Pro with the stuff that came with it. Right, and I mean, that could be the same thing for me. My previous iPad was the iPad 1. I went to the Apple store to check them out, thinking, oh, this is going to be dumb, this is a big iPhone. But I just wanted to see what they look like, and then I bought one on the spot. Uh, So that was cool for a while, but then I stopped using it, you know, years ago. And Emma had one, and, you know, that was fine. Didn't really use it for me. She uses it when she travels, she uses it a lot. Uh, so I figured, oh, the iPad Pro, I hear people talking about it a lot. It sounds good. Got the keyboard, got the pencil, uh, and it, it works and it's useful and it's really good on the plane. 
considering space on a tray table. But yeah, the incremental update to the new one for me just doesn't do anything, and I don't know that next year's will either, and this is essentially what happened the first time. So are you more disappointed that you bought the small one, or are you more disappointed that they didn't make more of a change? Well, I mean, I, I think I'll always be disappointed that they didn't make more of a change for things that I can't even imagine. I would love to see every year they put something out that not only did I not expect, but I couldn't have even imagined that it would work. Uh, so, I mean, they, they can't possibly do that every year. And to be honest, I'm not sure when the last time they did that was other than the iPhone. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm disappointed that I bought the smaller one because now I wish I had the bigger one. Uh, I don't run into space constraints a lot, but I edit the podcast on the iPad, and because still the iPad isn't totally wonderful, uh, there's a lot of copies of files going from app to app to do what I need to do, Um, and so it fills up for the few days that it takes me to actually get through the process of editing. Yeah. I... If I can just go on like a little side tangent, just, I I have a little like uh, <laughs> something that bothers me so much. You talk about um, you know being disappointed that they didn't update things a little bit more radically, and it just makes me think of like scrolling through Twitter, which is half my life sometimes when I'm sitting watching TV during commercial breaks, whatever, and I see reports from Boy Genius Report or Mashable or whoever talking about iPhone rumors or iPad rumors. And they have these renderings and they make like they make it sound like in their headline that the rendering has anything to do with what they're talking about. And it like, oh, you know, new rumor, huge news on iPhone eight. And then they have this rendering that looks amazing and you click into it and it's like we think the fingerprint scanner might be on the back. And it's like, well, that's not anything at all. Like what you showed me this like single piece of glass with no bezels on it. Bit and switch. And I actually unfollowed uh, Boy Genius Report on Twitter because, like, it was so ridiculous. They actually had a, I think it was a iOS 11 thing, or maybe it was a new iPad thing. Um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a story about the new iPad and iOS 11 after the, the keynote. And they were using a picture of something that was not the new iPad because it was like a totally bezel-less thing. And the picture was clearly uh, iOS 10 because the they they were dots instead of bars. <laughs> that's how I could tell. And I was just like, this is a story about the new iPad. That's not a picture of the new iPad. This is a story about iOS 11. That's not iOS 11. I'm just I'm totally done with this. Unfollow. So okay, I just had to, I just had to get it off my chest. <laughs> yeah, I never followed Boy Genius. Uh, whatever whatever you said. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's that's where we're at right now with the internet. It's it's so frustrating. It's just like, I I appreciate those renderings and they I like they invoke my imagination and they get me excited and you know obviously the iPhone never looks like those things look like but they're good ideas. Um, but you know just be honest with what it is. I thought that the iOS 11 wish list by Federico Vitici. I don't know if you watched that video before. Yep. Um, uh, WWDC, but like I thought that was perfect in something that I want, where it was a concept video labeled as a concept video with a lot of really amazing ideas, um, some of which, and we'll get to this, were implemented 
not necessarily in the way that he imagined, but like, just tell me it's a concept rendering and I'll still click on it. Just don't try to sell me that it's the real thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think he hit on a lot of good stuff. I, I'm just going to now move past your, <laughs> your complaint about do. Uh, bait and switch because you're right. And it's just everywhere. And I mean, it's true for technology. It's true for politics. It's true for the national Enquirer. I just like, it is what it is and we need to be smarter than them. Uh, but yeah, so the teachy's take on iOS 11, I thought was pretty good. iOS 11 looked pretty good. And I think watching the keynote and seeing the new iPads with iOS 11 in my head, the new iPad is iOS 11. So going and seeing the new iPad with iOS 10 on it, it really just makes it seem so much like my iPad that I already have. It's not worth upgrading. And I have to remember that iOS 11 is going to come out and they're going to put it on my iPad too. So my iPad's going to get way better. It's just still going to be really, really small. <laughs> Storage-wise. Storage-wise. Yeah. So I, I and, and I was talking to you about this, so you know this, but uh, we obviously haven't talked about it on here, but I was, I was going to get this iPad no matter what. And I was like, well, do I get it now? Do I wait until iOS 11 comes out? Because I've never used multitasking on an iPad Pro with iOS 10 and all these people bash it and whatever else. And iOS 11 is going to be so great. And we'll get into some of the details of that. But I was like, well, if I'm going to buy it then, I might as well buy it now. And I'm happy that I did. But I actually really like the multitasking in iOS 10. <laughs> it's, it's like such a huge step up from what I used to have that it's amazing. And I just cannot wait until I can get my hands on iOS 11. Yep, I agree. And I can't wait until developers can do some really cool stuff, especially with drag and drop. Although... I think drag and drop will be useful, but I don't think it's going to be revolutionary because it's going to be like copy and paste that didn't exist for so long. And now it exists and everybody's so happy. Oh, great. I can now copy and paste. But really all you can do is copy and paste. Yeah. I don't think it'll be revolutionary, but it will be so much better than what we have today. How many instances have you had where you wanted to drag and drop something so far? Um, well, that's a good question. I think the most, most of the time it would be in like photos and messages and that kind of thing, uh, where I, I find, um, I find it a really tedious process to send multiple photos to people through iMessage unless they're like the last couple photos that you took. So especially on my iPad, if I could have, you know, um, I think they call it files. Is that what they call it in iOS 11? The new thing. Right. Yep. So if I had files open and then messages open, um, like I just think it'd be so great to be able to just drag and drop them across or like in a photo editing thing or something. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm thinking like my main use of it is. Is that, so you do that a lot just because you're sharing pictures of your daughter? Yeah. Pictures of my daughter. Um, yeah, mostly. I mean, there's some like bike things and maps and stuff that I take pictures of and like I'll forget to send it to somebody and then remember later and have to scroll because I take a lot of pictures, mostly of like my, you know, my daughter. So if I took a picture and then didn't send it to somebody and then take 10 pictures of my daughter, now it's not sure. in my little thing anymore and I got to go find it. So, I mean, they already solved this problem, though. It's called AirDrop. Um, and you're not always in the same place as somebody, so you can't always airdrop, but that's the mechanism right there that they just need. I mean, when you want to airdrop, you select 
a bunch of pictures and then you just say, I'm going to airdrop it to somebody. Right. So, I mean, that's the same. Why can't you just do that? Well, I did that with uh family share sometimes. And actually I, I try to, I try to share most of the photos that like if Sandra takes a bunch of photos that I want or vice versa, we try to do that through family share because you can save multiple ones to your camera roll from there rather than doing it one at a time, which I hate, <laughs> you know, like deep press, uh, flick up, push, save, close, do that again, like 15 times to save all the photos that somebody just, I messaged you. Um, so we, we do use family sharing for that. And I think that's a lot like airdrop in terms of like how easy it is, but I don't know. I, I just, I think that the way that they implemented drag and drop is really interesting considering that they keep the sandboxes safe and everything like that. Um, I'm just like, I'm really glad to see it. I'm glad I'm, I'm interested to see what developers are going to be able to do with it. Yeah. So going back to the airdrop, my, my point is when you think about airdropping to somebody, you think about going into pictures, you select a bunch of pictures and then you go to the share sheet and you airdrop, right? So yeah. when you think about texting a picture to somebody, you go into messages and you're like, Oh, I need to go add a picture. So you open, you go to attach picture and you're like, okay, I'm going to add this one, but that's backwards. Go to, Go to all the pictures you want to send, yeah. select them all, go into the share sheet, and just go to messages. I mean, yep, so like the, it's, people just think about it backwards because they're so used to the mechanism that they've learned so far on computers, and it's just, it's different. Yeah, and I can, I can push back on that a little bit because the problem that I have with starting in photos and selecting them and then bringing up the share sheet and doing iMessage is that now I have to type in all the names of the people that I'm sending it to again, and usually it's a group text. Name your group, and then you just type in the name of the group. Yeah, that's probably smart. I know this because I've done it. So <laughs> with you. I I just have like I have, you know, like a group with Sandra and some of her family, and then I have one with I, I have like five I different I have I like five it. different groups with my family. Like, do I want to send this to my sister? Maybe. Do I want to send this to my sister and my brother and his wife? And so like, you know. So I I hear what you're saying. Um Although, if you start typing somebody's name and they're part of a group conversation, that group conversation comes up as an option. You yeah. still have to look through the list of names and make sure it was the right one, but it is there. Like It's referencing a conversation instance that's already ongoing. The problem is it'll say, like, um, mom, uh, mom, dad, and two others or something. Yeah. I don't know who the hell those two others are. Like I, I know right. one of them is probably Sandra. Sure, but all I'm saying is that this mechanism already exists and it would with some slight improvements could be way better than it is instead of, Oh, everybody who hates Mac so much, but wants like a learned behavior that they learned from being on a Mac is like the only way to solve the problem. It's like, no, actually I think we're not that far. And I mean, I think Dragon and drop is going to be great, but for people who never used a Mac, uh, if they just made a, some improvements to the features that were already there, they would never even think about it drag and drop. And that's not true. I mean, in, in not in all instances, being able to add attachments to documents and drag them in and edit them right there on the spot. Sure. I, I, I mean, like I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I think attachments on emails will be another huge thing. Although frankly, I don't email from my iPad very much, or at least I didn't used to. Now I do more with, with this one. Um, but I don't think that a lot of people are going to use drag and drop. I think that it's a pro feature that probably, I don't know, 
half or more people will never use it because they won't even know it exists. Yeah, or they'll use it very sparingly. Or they'll be like, why the hell is this picture underneath my thumb? Why can't I get rid of it? And yeah. when I drop it, how come it goes like goes into some app that whatever? But um, all in all, it's good. I just This is just one of those things that gets on my nerves. I listen to a lot of people who pontificate about how Apple should do things, and I just don't think that they understand how different they are from a normal person. Yeah, but isn't that like kind of i mean isn't that like the cable news syndrome like where like it's your job to pontificate and to like drive into the details and to you know beat a point you know beat a horse dead and then keep baiting it yeah but i don't want them to be like that yeah i know that's not what i don't think that's what they're trying to do i don't think that's what anybody really wants i think that they just don't always understand um like the people who sit and complain about like the mac pro not existing and pros like complaining about it and you know like most people who own macbook pros are not pros they should be able to use airs or the macbook or whatever and be perfectly fine like there really is such a small market of people and when you know i think jason sell talks about this all the time if apple were really only focusing on where the money was they wouldn't focus on the ipad at all so just be thankful that they do because all their money is with the iphone right now and i mean sure they have to think about what their business is going to look like in 2025 and it's probably going to look a little bit different than it does now and it's hard to predict how that'll happen but you know all their money is with the iphone yeah it's hard to blame them for spending their efforts on the iphone yeah the and i don't want to get too off track talking about the the max i i totally agree with you that there's too much emphasis um out there in the podcast mostly that we listen to. Um, but I'm really happy that Apple's showing progress on the pro side, not for me, but just the fact that, I don't know, just, I was really happy with the hardware that they announced. Um, I thought the iMac pro was, did you, did, were you uh, watching when they announced the iMac pro? Possibly. So when he said, and I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he said, uh, and this will support up to, you know, 32 gigabytes of RAM. And he's like, actually, it'll support 128 gigabytes of RAM. And everybody lost their mind. And he's like, actually, it's 256 gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> it's just like, that is a monstrous machine. Like, I just can't. How many cores? Uh, 32, 16 or 32. Yeah. I think. I mean, it's just. It's maybe that's what it was. It was maybe he was just talking about cores. Maybe it wasn't RAM, but it was just it was it's bonkers. That machine is bonkers, and I'm happy that they make it, like because it shows that they're focusing on things other than their one huge profit center, which is iPhone. Right, and it starts at five thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's fine. Like for the, it's not like I said, it's not for me. But I guess if they're if they're focusing that much time and effort into making an amazing Mac for this small group. It means that I can be comfortable that Mac as a platform is going to keep moving on for me and what I use it for on my MacBook Pro. That That's really, for me, what is important. And I wasn't as nervous as those guys. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily think the Mac was going to be dead, um, but I haven't seen much. You know, there hasn't been much in, in terms of, like, innovation in terms of the Mac for the last couple of years. So I'm happy to see that they're at least doing something. They must have they must have had some kind of hiccup and that's fine. But I'm I just I'm happy to see something there. 
that they're actually investing time in the Mac, period. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. Um, like, of course, they need to invest in the Mac, but the Mac is a mature platform. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just... Spending time on the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro... Uh, a lot of people were making arguments this summer that Apple was spread too thin, they are working on a car, they are working on all this stuff, and that's why they weren't focusing on the Mac or the Mac Pro or whatever. And to me, it's just like, okay, I'm going to turn the argument around on you. For all the people who use Apple products, so few of them use the Mac Pro uh, and, the, and will buy a $5,000 computer. What else could I have in my phone if they weren't focusing on that? Yeah, that's a good point, I think. Um, at the same time, the people that are like, like Hollywood people and these, you know, I guess influencers that I I don't know who they are, but whoever they are, wouldn't you rather they be working on Mac than, than windows? Like just, wouldn't you rather Mac still be the platform for the creatives? Like for me, I would just, I would hate to see Mac as a platform lose the creatives because I think that's what gives Mac... I think that's like Mac's secret sauce and like always has been. Do you, do you want my honest answer? Well, I can kind of tell by the look on your face what it's going to be, but yes. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> like, oh, we're like we're talking, we're sitting here talking about like the iPad Pro and how it's different from regular iPad, so you can have split screen. You know what? A lot of other tablets have split screen already, and I don't think they think that only pros can use that feature and a lot of those features and. A lot of them can use styluses, and yeah, the pencil is the Apple Pencil. I love it; it's great. But you know what? Uh, it's not a pro feature. <laughs> like I, I, you know, to be honest, I, I think that in ten years, like maybe Apple needs to be knocked down a little bit uh, because yeah, I would like to see some real innovation, and I'll get a little bit off your high horse about some of these things. I, I guess what what I'm saying, and my my feeling on it is, the reason why certain things about Mac OS are delightful to me is because of this audience that they serve. And I'm kind of like in between where I'm not like just a regular consumer, but I'm not like a super high end pro user, but some of those, some of those little shortcuts that they make for those people, I really enjoy. And that's really what drew me to Mac OS in the first place are just like what? So now, I mean, windows has it now, but like spotlight is just like a feature for me where like that is a productivity feature and it's been on Mac for a long time. Now Windows had it I think since Vista maybe, Windows 7 maybe. But when I switched over to Mac, that was like a revolutionary thing. What part of Spotlight are just, you talking about? Cuz I mean just being able to search for an application and launch it, like you could do that easily in uh you just hit Windows R and it brings up a little run prompt. You start typing the name of the application. Yeah, it didn't have the um, polish that Spotlight had didn't finish uh, and make suggestions properly. That's but, what I mean. I mean it's I like, was doing that, but it didn't have like the it didn't have like the the delight to it, right? Like I don't know. I just I feel like Mac has always had character, and actually I think Windows 10 actually has it does have character. I don't think it has character like it doesn't draw me in, but like Mac just like drew me in when I started using it, and I still like I still feel good booting it up and. And using it, I don't know. It's a little bit like, uh, like touchy feely, but I just I really enjoy using Mac OS, and I think part of the reason for that, like part of the reason for that fit and finish, is because of those super high end people that they have to keep on the platform. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to just agree to disagree with you. Like, <laughs> I think those things are just built into Apple. I don't think it's because they have people who want to use $5,000 iMac Pros and people who complain that the $5,000 iMac Pro isn't what they want, so they still better make a Mac Pro. Like <laughs> Those people are not the people who make the Apple ecosystem what it is. I actually think that the Mac... I'm not the first one to think this, but I actually think that the Mac Pro will start at less than the iMac Pro. Probably because it's going to be modular. They yeah. announced it's going to be modular. You can only you can build into it what you want. But I'm never going to buy an iMac Pro. No, no. I mean, the top of the line iMac. If you just maxed out a regular iMac, um, I mean that is a hell of a machine. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't max out an iMac, it's a hell of a machine. But I mean, just to push back a little bit on like the price, like. That I mean, that is a five thousand dollar machine. Yeah, but nobody needs all that. Well, like you, there are, I mean, there are several people who need all that. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not like a Apple gouging prices. It's just like a. So you, that's not what you're saying on the price. You're just saying like that's a ridiculous machine, no matter who makes it, how big it is, like how how powerful it is. Right. It's like making a car that can go two hundred miles an hour. It's yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Why? Where can you do that? Aren't you glad that Chevrolet makes one though? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that somebody is figuring out how to make engines that can go that high for other uses in other places. But, you know, like, it's the same thing. Like, I'm not impressed by a $5,000 over-the-top computer. I mean, maybe, yeah, they're using the manufacturing and making of that in a way that will help them make other technological breakthroughs for cheaper later. Maybe. I don't think so, though. So I think your car analogy then is perfect because you have a ton of great features in your BMW that started in Formula One. They probably started in NASA. Well, okay. So they started in NASA. So not very many people need a rocket to go to space, right? Fewer people. Fewer <laughs> yeah. people need a but car Tesla's that But Tesla's not trying to sell me a rocket. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. They make them. But they're not trying to sell them to me. I, I do think, and they're that, not trying to tell me how wonderful they are. I do think that the car is a good analogy because you do have a lot of technology that does trickle down from super high-end race cars into super high-end cars into consumer cars, and hopefully we see the same thing in in electronics, like these awesome switches on these keyboards. All right, just to rein this back in a little bit. I don't even remember what else is it going to be in iOS 11 at this point besides the drag and drop other than control center. Oh my God. I'm just hoping I'm praying that we have emoji search in iOS 11. I didn't see that demoed and I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but Oh my God, when I use Slack all day and, um, I use messages on Mac, which I don't really like their emoji search, but it's usable and I can just start typing for an emoji and then I have to go to my phone and if it's not one of the last 10 I used, I have to scroll through and never, ever, ever find it. We need emoji search in iOS 11. And I just think that they would have had more time to do that <laughs> if they weren't doing drag and drop. I could tell you had something. By the look <laughs> on your face, I could tell you that I just put it on the T and you had something. I just didn't, I didn't know where you are going with it. I, it was either going to be that or it was going to be uh, using emojis stupid. But I don't think that you believe that. So I, I, I couldn't believe you were going to go in that direction. No, I use emoji all the time. I do think it's stupid, though. <laughs> That's fair. But it's fun. It's, yeah, it's stupid. It's fun. fine. Yeah. 
fine, fun, whatever, same thing. Uh, yeah. How do you use it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else is in iOS 11 either. And honestly, I could care less. Like, just give me the the iOS 11 stuff for the for the iPad. Well, so Control Center, they modularized Control Center, and they made it one screen. Control Center, yes, yes. You have. I think you had feelings about that, didn't you? Well, I mean, I think the multiple screens on Control Center were ridiculous, right? Because I hate it. Right, because it it's always where you left off. Yeah, I hate but it. You left off there yesterday, or you know, like it's not always five minutes ago. So you have to always figure out where you are. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible concept to have to slide back and forth and figure out where you are the first time you look at it. Yeah, like so uh, today I was or yesterday I was out on, I was cooking on the grill, and when I'm cooking stuff on the grill, I usually use my timer so I remember like three minutes on this side, three minutes on that side, whatever. So. Um, so I don't have to go out there and look at it early. And so I just, as a reminder for myself, so start the timer, uh, and then I want to start my podcast again and then I want to start a new timer, but now it's on the podcast screen or now it's on the, you know, play pause, whatever screen I got to scroll back to find the timer. And, uh, I, I hate the multiple screen thing. Yeah. I mean, to troll you just a little bit more, uh, you should use Siri for that <laughs> for the timers. Yes. Well, actually, um, I, it's funny. I actually usually use Siri. In this case, I held my watch up and I noticed that it was locked and my phone wasn't on my person because I was walking between the grill and the kitchen. So I was like, well, my watch is locked. I'm not going to type my passcode on my watch like an idiot. So then I just went and did it. And But yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, so my whole thing on, on the change from Control Center is Apple has now acknowledged that it's a bad design pattern to slide back and forth and just be left where you were. So why the hell do you have multiple screens of apps on your home screen? <laughs> well, you don't. Do you start where you left off on that? Yes. Oh, you do. Okay. Are you saying like me personally, why I have multiple screens? Or are you just saying like, no, why I'm do you allow it? That's a terrible design concept. Like I'm not, I don't have a better suggestion right now because having an infinite scroll also isn't very good. Um, and because, you know, essentially you can always just hit the home button again and it'll take you back to your original home screen to give you a point of reference. But if you have three or five home screens now, like, okay, great. I was on four. I don't know where I was. So I went back all the way to the first one and I wanted to get to three. I really just needed to go over one, but there's no, I mean, I guess you could have a different picture on every home screen. Is that something you could do? I don't don't think so. Otherwise you have to look at your apps, figure out in your head how that maps to where all your other apps are. Like, that's just, it seems awful, which is why I try to only keep myself to one screen of folders. But, I mean, I guess the same thing could be said. Like, just like I said, use Siri, you should use Spotlight. And if Spotlight's what you should be using, then really you should just have one page of apps to begin with and you should search for everything else or tell Siri to open everything else. Yeah, so I thought maybe we'd dig into this deeper tonight, but I think we've <laughs> we've gone on um, in a good way on Apple where we could probably take the home screen thing itself as a separate topic some other time. But I will just say for my home screen uh, on my iPhone, it's a complete mess. I have, let's see. I have four <laughs> screens of apps. Um, probably half the apps on my home screen, like my main home screen I don't use like ever. Um, and I have a few apps on the second screen that I know where they are. Everything, but basically, if it's not one of the 
10 apps on my home screen that I actually use. I use Spotlight for everything. I feel like I use my home screen in a way that it's my most frequently used apps, which I wish that there was a way to know what those were systematically. But the the doc's not the only thing that I want to be able to have quick access to. I know that they're adding more doc spots in the iPad and iOS 11. I don't know if they're going to do that for the phone too. But having a whole screen of frequently used apps, and maybe that's what I need, is not serious suggestions, but a screen that I can go to that's just frequently used apps that stay in the same place. That that would just, I mean, that would be so much better for me. Yeah, because everything else, like, sure, I guess I could have a second page full of folders and I just never end up on that page. But the problem is, once I get into that page and open an app, now I'm going back to that, yeah. that page. And that just that frustrates the shit out of me. What, uh, how, how would you have a list of recent apps and not change the order? You'd have to anchor them somehow. I mean, it would basically, you end up building a page, but... Isn't that what the home screen is supposed to be? <laughs> you choose the order of your top most used yeah, apps? Yeah, well, yeah, except for they don't tell me what my top most oh, used gotcha. apps are, so it's what yeah. I think they are. Yeah, yeah, Well, you could just go through, and well, I guess it wouldn't... I was going to say you could go through and see where you're using the most data, but you have apps like Facebook where you look at the thing for five minutes and it's used, like, a half a gig of data. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I, I do think that I, I would I would like to get to dive really deep with you on home screens and how like because you've been a, a one home screen guy for a long time. Did you get that from Cortex back in the day? I don't think so. Or were you? Was that just like an organic thing? Like you just decided you only wanted to have one. I hate multiple screens. So I want to, I want to dig deeper sometime into like your whole theory behind that and your, and your journey. But, um, I think we have another, enough other stuff to talk about tonight or we already have that, that we could save that for another show. Um, the, the other thing that I did notice on iOS 11 and I'm still, I can't really wrap my head around it is swipe down for lock. Yeah, I saw it, but I don't understand it. Yeah, me neither. So I, and I've heard people talk about it, and I'm actually, it seems like every time somebody talks about it, I'm more confused. And I don't think it's actually swipe down to lock. I think it's like swipe down for a lock screen, but maybe it's still unlocked. But I think they're trying to solve a problem with how the notification center works today. I don't know. Do you have a problem with the notification center today? Do you use it? I don't have a problem with it because I don't use it. Okay. So I do use it from time to time. I think the problem they're trying to solve is Touch ID is so damn fast now. You pick up your phone and you accidentally unlock it and you lose the notifications that were in your home screen or on your lock screen, right? I'm sure you have that problem from time to time. Yeah, that's the only time I use it. So sometimes, and I don't know why this happens, if it's like a type of notification or what, sometimes I'll pull down a notification center and whatever notice that was isn't in there. You ever get that? Yes, but that's because of how you have your settings set up. Usually. What setting am I using wrong for that? So for each app, you can say how you want it to alert you if you want it to show up on the home screen, if you want it to show up in Notification Center. Oh, Notification Center was a separate a separate thing? I think so. So oh, you, okay. for whatever that is, you probably have it off. The problem is you don't get to see what that was to know. So you'd have to go back and dig through your individual app notification settings. Yeah, to that's, turn that on. that's probably what it is. Because I think it's like... Twitter things maybe 
And then I think a lot of like breaking news, which is like the absolute worst thing to not be able to have a notification center because like breaking news happens and I click it up. And if I accidentally unlock the screen, um, now I'm like, well, was that from like WAPO? Was that from New York Times? Like, where was that? I go to their app and a lot of times their stories aren't on the front page necessarily if they're breaking. And um, so, yeah, I'll I guess I'll, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. So I like the um, whatever that little widget screen is to the side. Um, that's basically but, spotlight, right? Like, I mean, I guess spotlight is just the search on the top, but what do they call well, this? No, it's not, it's not spotlight because spotlight's different. Spotlight's when you drag down from the middle of the screen. I'm talking about the screen that's to the left of notification center. Is that where you can put your widgets or whatever they're called? Oh yeah. It's also to the left of the home screen. That's why I think of yeah, it as spotlight. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I use that. I would like it to be more useful than it is, but that's my own fault. I have too many things on there and I have to scroll too much, so I really only look at the top thing, which is the date and the weather and my calendar. But since those things are actually on my watch too, maybe I should consider moving them off my phone. Uh, to me, the whole demo of that thing and the way that they didn't properly present what the problem was that they were solving makes me think that this is an intermediate step towards something else and the only thing that i can think of is remove all buttons yeah yeah i i think there was a little talk on that in the last atp as well right where like are they removing the the power button or the lock button in the next right one? right and so i i think that this could be one of those things where they're training a new behavior in us where they're gonna do something or maybe they're gonna do two more somethings that get us to no buttons no buttons at all yeah, I think that's probably a good take. I, I hadn't really even considered that, um, but that, that's that seems to make the most sense. And like you said, they didn't really tell us why they did it, so that's probably a good hint that they're like hiding something because Apple's pretty damn good at telling you the problems that they're solving. Like, especially in those keynotes, like that's what they plan for. And if if there was uh, if there was a problem they wanted you to know about that they were solving, they would have told you. Right, and if there was a problem that they were solving, you probably already told them about it. I don't think that there's a bunch of people complaining about this other than to have more like Windows style OS on a phone with like moving tiles and things like that, right? And have widgets right on the home screen. And I know this did say something about that and I'll have to go back and watch that section of the keynote again before next week's show. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I wish I had a bell. <laughs> Um, maybe we'll be able to talk more about it, but it was, it was just very confusing to me where it came from. It, it sort of didn't make any sense. And, uh, it, I could be way off. We could be over speculating and really they think they're solving a problem and maybe they are. And it's just not a problem that I have. So anything else on iOS 11 or you want to move on to, uh, the, the big announcements in Mac OS? Hi, Sierra. <laughs> Hi, Sierra. So, um, like most people, I really thought this was a joke. Yes, me too. Uh, and that's got to be one of the most <laughs> ridiculous names I've ever heard. I mean, I, I, I'll, so I will be, uh, I will be the begrudging, uh, <laughs> I'll be the begrudging devil's advocate on this point, and just say that High Sierra is a real thing. It is a real place in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Like, it's like, you know, lion, mountain lion, 
Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> it I mean, here's, here's what's worse. <laughs> Let's think about this for a second. You just said it, lion, mountain lion. Like, this is the thing that they do. When they named the last OS release Sierra, they already knew that they were going to call it High Sierra. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that, but that's it actually makes me want to switch to Windows <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, like, they thought this was a good idea for two years. Oh, man. I, I thought for sure. So I... I, you know, I said jokingly, like the big changes, because there really wasn't any big changes in Sierra, and I think that's fine. I think improve the stability, that's great. My Mac crashes every single night. Please fix that. That would be great. That sounds like a problem. Um, but, I don't have that problem. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it right now, but it's actually if I leave if I leave it unplugged, you know, it's a MacBook Pro. If I leave it unplugged, it won't crash. But sometimes the battery will drain down to zero. And to get it to restart after it crashes, I unplug the the MagSafe, I push any button, it gives me the chime, I plug it back in, and then it's rebooted. Anyways, moving on. I I hoped for an incremental release like this, and I hope that they would, well, I, I guess I don't really give a shit at the end of the day what they name it. I just think it's kind of funny to poke fun of. But I really figure that they would name it after one of the mountains, like El Cap. Like, that was the whole point of El Cap, is that El Cap is a rock face within Yosemite, which was the previous release. So I thought I thought that's where they were going with this. I don't have it. I do have a problem with the name, but I don't have as much of a problem with the name as with how excited they were about it. <laughs> and that they thought it was a good idea. I mean, I think they're just trolling us. Probably. I mean, they must be. But like, there's got to be a mountain that has a name in it in the Sierras. That you could have named it after, rather than calling it High Sierra, which I get is like a mountain. It's like a part of the range, but it's just it's just a terrible name. I don't really have much other uh, much anything else to say about it. It really is a terrible, terrible name. Is that it? I don't remember anything else that happened. Uh, I mean, the keynote. There were some interesting things. Uh, AR versus VR. That mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, I really did like. Uh, the AR demonstration. I really liked the VR demonstration with uh, Darth Vader. That was cool how she stepped around the lightsaber. But I thought the AR stuff was going to be way cooler. And uh, the thing that people have brought up uh, is, well, who's going to want to sit there and hold their iPad and look at the table? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then as I sit around on my desk chair holding my iPad watching YouTube, it occurred to me that maybe this isn't as big of a problem as people think it's going to be. I just I think that Apple has a, a horizon way beyond what we can see in their plans. And I, I don't think that the iPhone or the iPad is the real device that uses AR in what they're actually planning for. Right. It's just what they have. It's just the supercomputer that we all have in our hands now to test the t- technology and mature the technology. Right. This is the same conversation we were having around the Mac Pro and how you're developing technology. Like, if you can develop this technology within an iPad and you can figure out how to get it into a lens, then everybody's just wearing glasses and AR is a real thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's cool. And AR kit is, I mean, it looks amazing. Um, and just the things that developers have come up with in just a few days during WWDC that are 
leaps and bounds above anything that we've seen in terms of quality in AR before. Um, it's exciting. I think that right now it's a novelty, but I think that's okay because I think the technology is a big deal. Uh, we just don't have the applications for it because it's not quite there yet. Yeah, it's 100% a novelty. Um, every, most things start as novelties. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like I think we have to be okay with it being a novelty and yeah. not like poo-poo it. Um, because I think the VR and AR, like to me, end up like blending together where you probably have, like you said, a lens or goggles or something that can do both or either. Um, goggles. Goggles. Uh, what would you call it? A headset? <laughs> well, yeah, but then, I mean, then it's VR. Like it's got to be a lens, otherwise it's VR. Uh, or it might as well be. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more like, um, I don't know, like a camera could still like show you like the real world, but through like a, you know, like, so, so when you're, when you're on your phone, like you're, you're looking at the screen of your phone. You're not like looking at a hologram. So if, if you were looking at a screen in front of your eyes, but it was showing you the real world with things projected on it, like to me, that's still AR. That's not VR. So like, I'm looking at what's really in front of me through a camera with things projected on it. Yeah, I have to think, if the end goal isn't to get Google Glass, something like that, only built in the sunglasses and built into sunglass lens, then they should change their goal. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe the end goal is beyond that, you know, like build it into a contact lens even better, but... I, I think somebody mentioned it on on ATP, but this could have some really interesting applications for the car. Like if if they're really doing something, like we know they're doing something in the automotive space, but AR could be really interesting with with cars. I mean, you mentioned to me outside of of this, like um, medical technologies and stuff that AR could be useful in, like surgeries and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I guess VR could probably be a, a thing there too. Yeah, I mean the the. What what I meant by that was more like literally guiding somebody through surgery, whereas I think VR would be more for training. Um, I could see AR being incredibly useful in military applications if there are still people fighting in the military. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think it's I think we both agree it's it's really awesome technology, and uh, if if we can help move the technology along by like playing with it for a couple of years until somebody finds a real application for it, then. Uh, Let's do it. But it is, it is really interesting that Apple spent so much of the keynote talking about these two technologies when they've been criticized in the past by these podcast pundits, <laughs> as you kind of coined them, um, for not being in the space at all. And they kind of came out and uh, I don't know if they have been thinking about it for a long time, but they really dispelled the notion that it wasn't uh, high on their priority list a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've been thinking about it for a long time, just like they've been thinking about the uh, autonomous car software that they've been building. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. No, Tim Cook said it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's not supposed if the CEO says it. Like, I mean, <laughs> unless right. it's a straight lie. Uh, there are other companies that do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, everybody's got to get on that now, too. Uh, and really, I guess, building AR into a car... Is less, is it less useful if you're not driving the car? 
maybe it's more useful because you have the ability to look into those things. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. I mean, um, basically a HUD, only an AR HUD. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess I was thinking about it like, you know, this exit's coming up or this thing's happening, but I guess if you're not driving the car, what do you care if the exit's coming up? I mean, and when I say not driving the car, I mean like you can't drive the car. Not like what we have right. today, but like if you can't drive the car at all, if there's no steering wheel, um, you don't really care if the exit that you need to take just went by because <laughs> you're not in control of the car anyways. Right, exactly. So it'd be more point of interest stuff. Yeah, like, you know, there's a McDonald's, uh, you know, press the food button if you want to exit to grab a hamburger or something. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure that's, that's where this technology is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would think that it would be, well, with drones, it would be press the food button if you want McDonald's to have a drone dispatch to meet you where you're going to be when the food's ready. I think it's McDonald's drone. McDonald's drone. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it actually is a really good idea, though. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, there's no way they're not doing that, right? That's got to be built in with, this should be the, put, make this a topic for next time. Or like a, but there's no way that, like, you need to think about where the autonomous car industry takes you in terms of all the peripheral stuff. And it's things like that, like drive throughs What drive through Why are you driving through anything? That shouldn't be a destination anymore. It's a, it's a, they do the stuff there. And then, you know, why can't the car and the drone talk? And, you know, you never have to leave the interstate unless you need gas. Okay, so get this. Well, sorry, gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um, so get this. You know, like our favorite uh, Oasis rest stops? Like you're, dri- yeah. you're driving right underneath the restaurant. Why don't they just drop through the bridge into your sunroof? What do you need a drone for? The drone is for the landing. Since we haven't talked about Kirk Cousins in a while, and I know that you have some things that you've been saving up to talk about Kirk Cousins, probably for when Rich is back. Well, by then they're going to have signed him. Well, true. Wait, they did. They did franchise him for this year, right? For yeah. for next year. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, what I wanted to talk about was. <laughs> no, I can't think of his name. Uh, Raiders guy, uh, Carr, Derek Carr. Yep. Did you see the contract he signed? Yep. So, first of all, reaction to Derek Carr's contract. He's good. I think it's a good idea. I uh, I hope it's backloaded because there's no state tax in Nevada. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, so it was uh, five years, um, five years, $125 million. Is that right? Something like that. I'm going to double check. It was definitely $125 million. Um, I don't know what the guarantee portion of it looked like. But so Derek Carr is the highest played paid player in NFL history. On a per year basis? I believe so. So just like let that sink in. <laughs> I mean, he's good. So it, it was a 5-year extension. So am, right. am I just being like Am I just being like old guy, like these players make too much money? Because I get that every time a marquee quarterback signs. So like when Kirk Cousins gets his deal, right? 
he will be the highest paid player in NFL in NFL history. Oh, it was six years. Must be six years, right? No, it's five years. Five years, but then he had one left, probably. Yeah, I'm just looking at the structure of it. Um, he definitely he's only making so he's going to make five million at the last year of his deal this year. He's going to make seven point four million next year, and then when he gets to Nevada, it just blows up. Twenty million a year, twenty workout bonus, signing bonus, the signing bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, it's the same thing with the NBA. Uh, They're just making so much money on TV that the salary cap goes up, and because of the rules, especially with the NBA and how you can spend your money, like, max contracts go to, like, the weirdest people because you're spending money now. It looks like a lot because, you know, like, he's the first quarterback to sign a big contract now. But in three years, this is going to look small again by comparison because those will look outrageous because so much money. Is he, um, did you see the one that he used to play for, uh, for Houston? Is that right? His brother played for Houston. He was drafted by the Raiders. Oh, okay. So he's only 26. Brandon Carr fell out of the league. He played for Houston. So he's got two brothers that are in the NFL? No. Because David Carr is a quarterback for... Oh, David Carr? Uh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Brandon was Brandon Carr a person? Yeah, David Carr. Oh, okay. Brandon. I was like, yeah, Brandon didn't sound right. Okay, so David Carr, he plays for the Giants now. Apparently. <laughs> so, I, he's a training player on Sport Track because apparently people are trying to Google for his brother <laughs> and finding him. But it says that he is a quarterback for the New York Giants. Uh, I think that was his last team. Oh, okay. But he's still a training player <laughs> because people are trying to yeah. find his brother. Yeah. He's uh, definitely out of the league. Okay, so I guess the the natural question then, and it, it, uh, where it ties back into Kirk Cousins, is Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? Well, Derek Carr is two years younger. Um... So Kirk Cousins is always going to be followed around by the fact that he was drafted by a team who had already drafted a quarterback before him in that draft. <laughs> There's that. And that's just, I mean, until, like, I think they're going to, right now they're going to sign him. They they have to at this point. They can't not. What are they going to do? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at his statistical comparisons, and this is what I've basically been saving, but, like, you compare him to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, pass yards per game, 284.96. Kirk Cousins, 285.21. Andrew Luck has three quarters of a passing touchdown more per game than he does. Um, Andrew Luck's interceptions per game are half an interception higher. Yeah. Andrew Luck's completion percentage is 58. Kirk Cousins, 68. I mean, like, Kirk, Kirk Cousins compares favorably, statistically, to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is the uh, 2017 cap hit, uh, which is wrong. It's wrong now, but the site that I'm looking at 
Uh, Andrew Luck is the 14th highest paid player uh, for, oh, maybe it's accurate, for 2017 cap hit. Yeah, 19.4 million? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably right. And he goes up and up and up. And when he's 30 in 2020, he's going to be 28 million. Jesus. Andrew Luck will be? Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's fine. That'll still be fine. And they'll probably restructure it, actually, at that point um, to be different because he's got... Yeah, they might restructure it sooner because in 2019 he's got a 12 million dollar roster bonus. In uh, 2020 he's got an 11 million dollar roster bonus. Plus he's still getting part of his signing bonus at that point, which is why it's so high. 11 million base salary, 11 million roster bonus, and 6.4 uh, is the last increment of his um, signing bonus. But uh, I mean, like seriously, you look at Washington, they're going to pay Kirk Cousins $23 million this year, $24 million, whatever. If they would have signed him last year, <laughs> they should have just signed him last year. Well, yeah, he's, I mean, now he's going to get basically that money as a part of his contract, not just as, as being, um, yep. I mean, if Derek Carr can get it, Kirk Cousins should be able to get it. And just think about this 2017 cap hits. Number one. Are you looking at the same thing? I am. No. Joe Flacco. <laughs> right. Well, it's so, so hard just because, like, look, where's Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady's way down, but does, doesn't Tom Brady, like, take a pay cut? Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, it doesn't always necessarily say much about the quarterback. No, I know. I guess the the argument to end all arguments about quarterbacks getting paid too much, though, is Joe Flacco, right? Because, like... He, well, like he's no, he's I mean, good. Just talk about what the market dictates, right? He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that validated his entire career. He signed a ginormous contract after he won the Super Bowl. That was just stupid. And then they were terrible for two years. They were decent again last year, weren't they? I think they made the, uh, they made the playoffs yeah, last year. Decent's not good enough to have the second highest cap at quarterback. Uh, first highest. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but he's also, I mean, if you look, let's see, what am I ranked by here? But, oh, just total contract. That's not what I want to be ranked by. Guaranteed. Let's look at guaranteed at signing. Uh, Eli Manning was guaranteed 54 million when he signed his four year deal. Yeah. I remember that was like the biggest deal at the time. Yeah. I mean, quarterbacks are at a premium. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? Look what happened last year. Brock Osweiler. He signed a $72 million deal. And then the Browns bought a second round pick by trading for him. That was, that must've been one of the dumbest contracts. Like (laughs) he, he wasn't that good for Denver. Like he was, he wasn't franchise quarterback good for Denver. Why wouldn't somebody pay him like that? Because he's a six foot eight prototypical build of a quarterback who just spent three years behind Peyton Manning. I guess. And when you look at all the other backup quarterbacks who spend multiple years behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback, they turned out pretty well. Well, they seem to turn out pretty well, and then they turn to shit when they go somewhere else. <laughs> Except for Garoppolo. They just need to send him somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, they, I mean, they have to they have to stay for their team. That's the key, right? They have to stay for the same team. No, they just look great as a backup. I mean, they just like when the what's his face who ended up on the Vikings a few years Castle. ago. Castle. 
Yeah, well, he looked like he was going to be the second coming of Tom Brady. Well, he went like fourteen uh, and one, didn't he? Yeah, the glorious year that for that five minutes when Tom Brady tore his ACL <laughs> in the preseason. Yeah, in the no, it was first game of the season, something like that. Maybe. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it was like the first game of the season. Uh, yeah, and then he went. And what else did he do? <laughs> oh right, he he tore his ACL again later, right? And that was in the preseason. The other ACL or something, right? A different a different season. I I I don't remember Tom Brady tearing more than one ACL. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing it. Um, I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks that have had that lineage backups and whether they have been good or not. The obvious one is Aaron Rodgers. He's okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like top 15 probably. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else, who else is out there. Well, the Patriots had other ones too. I just don't remember who they were at this point because they went somewhere else and they sucked. Yeah. The castle's the obvious uh, Patriots example. But anyways, Derek Carr, congratulations to him. Um, he did have a really amazing year last year. Till he broke his leg. Till he broke his leg in the playoffs or no, last game of the season? It was week 16 or week 17, I think. Yeah, that sucked for them. Yeah, that, that hurt. Um, but, I mean, I traded for Amari Cooper in my Dynasty League, so I'm glad he's better. And they're officially moving to Las Vegas, is that right? Yeah, they're moving to Las Vegas. Uh, I think they got delayed by a year. So they might actually have to, they might get kicked out of the Coliseum in Oakland. They're going to play at like UNLV yeah. then until their stadium's ready? They could play anywhere. Oh, that's true. Like Mexico City? London? <laughs> I don't think they'd do that, but I mean, like they could play, uh, I mean, they could play anywhere. China? I mean that seems like it'd be pretty far. It's yeah, it's it's going the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, well, they they're still gonna be called the Raiders, right? So they don't need to come up with a new logo. Uh, yeah, I doubt that they'll get rid of that logo. It's one of the most famous brands in sports. Scott, the Golden Knights logo is such a travesty of logos. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So <laughs> I hate it. I know we're not going to talk about jerseys tonight, but I, I hate no, that logo you, so much. You know what's more annoying to me than that is every hockey team has a three-letter abbreviation, right? And the only ones that have the team name accounted for are, like, New York. You have NYI and NYR. And for Boston, it's BOS because they're from Boston. And Minnesota, it's MIN because they're from Minnesota. Well, it's not the Las Vegas Golden Knights, so you're not going to be VEG. You're not going to be the veg. So it's VGK. Wait, what? Their three-letter abbreviation is VGK. No. Vegas Golden Knights. Come on. Can't they be LAS? But they're not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh. That's so dumb. <laughs> I know. Ah. It's terrible. And I hope that that's wrong, but during the draft, 
it was definitely VGK. That's one of the things uh, I hate about Formula One is they have plenty of screen real estate when they have all the drivers, like the leaderboard up on the screen, but they have three letter abbreviations for each driver. And I only know like three of the drivers, so it means absolutely nothing to me. But they have, they have like uh, the the space on the screen that's taking up width wise is clearly enough to fit their whole name. But then they just have three little letters jammed on the left side of like the bars. I just I hate it. So ESPN has their short as VGS, which I can work with. VGS. Vegas. Okay. This, I can so- work with that. Sound if it's it VGK. I will. Uh, I I might have to boycott them. I mean, I could live with LVK. I know they're not Las Vegas, but still, they are. Well, but the, so that's the thing is uh, every hockey team or every team that has a stupid like uh, modifier on what kind of knights they are. <laughs> they're the Golden Knights. They're the Devil Rays. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Like that, that, yeah, they, they drop it. They drop the modifier. So are, would they be? VGK when they're just the Vegas Knights? I think oh god. I think uh didn't doesn't Bill Simmons have like a pool for how long it takes to, to drop the the golden part? I mean, it's going to be a good decade, right? Uh it, yeah, it was quite a while until uh until the Mighty Ducks did it. Quite a while till the Devil Ra- or till the Devil Rays did it. No, I'm thinking Yeah, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Rays yeah. Who's the team? Now, now you know what? That was actually a modifier because now they're rays of sunshine. Oh, God, I'm thinking of the. Oh, I'm thinking of the. Um, the Diamondbacks now they're the D-backs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they have terrible uniforms too. Right. Is that that's like their official name now? The D-backs. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of hope not. Wasn't there? I'm trying to think of. I thought there was one more team that dropped a modifier. It's... Yeah, ESPN still got them as the Diamondbacks. It probably says D-backs on their jersey because that's too long. Is there a Texas team that recently dropped a modifier, like within the last couple of years? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just—I thought there was one more team that dropped a modifier. Yeah, I'm sure there is. What, yeah, which ones did you to... say? I, I, Mighty Ducks, Devil Rays. Wasn't there one more? I said the Rays. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are more, but it's gonna happen. I, I just, I hate, I hate their logo. I hate it. It to me, like, <laughs> it looks like, like the logo looks like a logo out of like a poorly made movie about like an AHL team. It looks like Boba Fett, but it's got the V built into it. I hate it. I didn't, I didn't love the Wild logo when it first started, and I've grown to like it. The wild logo is amazing. Like to me, it was too busy, but like I, I do like it now. I think the wild logo might be one of the best logos in sports. It it just it took a while to grow on on me, but ah, uh, the night like they could have done so much more with the knights logo. Just uh, I just I, <laughs> they I could have done so much more with the knights name. Well, that's that's true. I mean, you're starting off with a handicap. That was uh, Ugh. that was a poor decision. Bad. I mean, what were the last two teams that got new names? It was the Knights and the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're they're running out of things. Um, the what what is the Pelicans logo? I need to look at it. I need to look it up. 
It's got to be better than Knight's logo, right? Um, yeah, it would have to be. Almost everything is. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's a uh, oh, that's Florida Lee, Florida. Oh, wait a second. They have two different logos. I'm looking at the one that says New Orleans in big letters. That's not terrible. Yeah, if you look at... There's another one, and I can't find a bigger version of it. There's more than one. There, I mean, I've seen better. Like the the Winnipeg Jets when they came back not too many years ago? Like... The Winnipeg Jets logo is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, oh, I just, oh, I see. It's it's like a pelican, right? It's like big wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, well, there. Okay, maybe there's three then. It's like a pelican holding a basketball in its mouth with like big ass wings. Um, I will send you a link to the one that I'm looking at. It's a great after show. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's a good stopping point before all this. <laughs> yeah, no, I know which one you're looking at. I see. I Google image searched it. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I guess the that one is just the same one that says New Orleans across the top without that across the top. Right, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that the Florida Lease one is not terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's better, slightly better than the Golden Knights. Is that real? Is Golden that a real Knights. one? Yeah. So is the Nola one. That's kind of cool. I, I've seen worse. I like that I've one. seen worse. Yeah, like the, like the Golden, like the Golden Knights, Knights, the biggest Golden Knights. That uh, that one that I sent you, if you look at it quickly or a little bit wrong, it looks eerily like the uh, Eagles logo. Like the look at the the bottom right hat, the navy one. I get eh. they're all navy. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Eh. We can rank logos. That can be a new topic. I like it. We can do like a top ten sports logos and a bottom ten sports logos. I mean, I guess, um, but bottom nine. We already know what the, the worst one is. <laughs> hey, I'm excited for our um, I'm excited for our NHL jersey talk. Yeah, uh, I have no comment. I mean, I only have a few comments, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I did. I, they, I went. They look like the hockey jerseys. I went through and I looked. I went through and I looked at all of them. Yeah. All right. Well, save it for next time. <laughs>